0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Let me jump in. Let me jump into this. Uh, We've had a lot of people that are like, man... You know, I just, after all the stuff that's happened last 24 months, I just feel, you know, it's like a heaviness hits them. And in fact, the Lord gave me an instruction and said, as you're, these last two years, it's what I've done because he told me to do it. He said, wherever you go in these different places, he said, take that first service. And uh, my, my, my mandate from the Lord was to use that passage of scripture uh, from Isaiah to speak to God's people and tell them, say unto the righteous, it shall be well with them, and they'll eat the fruit of their deeds. And I spent time encouraging the body of Christ, but then the Lord had me casting out spirits of heaviness, spirits of fear, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and you'd think, well, yeah, maybe, maybe there are a few people that were battling that. I'm telling you, people from the, uh, the, the congregation would just flood to the altar, Way more than you would have expected, and just flood to the altar, and uh, needed deliverance, needed a uh, encouragement, and I'm, we we must have laid hands on, you know, a couple thousand people over the year, that were dealing with that very thing, and it's an attack and a lie of the enemy to get you to quit. That's the whole point. It's an attack and a lie of the enemy to try to get you to quit, and uh, so. People always wonder, you know, what, what practical steps can I take when that discouragement comes? What can I do when that discouragement uh, comes? How do I, um, I mean, like what direction do you go? And just, instead of just saying like, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. People don't need to just hear it's going to be okay. They need to be able to do something. They need to be able to take a practical step. You know, in this world's pushing everybody to therapy. And, and let me tell you, I'm not against you know, medical care by any means. You know that if you've watched this broadcast, I'm not against medical care, but it blows my mind how many Holy Ghost filled Christians are choosing that as their avenue of help when you have access to the comforter who is the Holy Spirit, who not only comforts you, but the Bible says he leads and guides you into all truth. And you have an advantage. And in fact, those of you that are watching, I want you to put it in the comments. Uh, I, I already have a comforter. I want you to put that. Your peace, it doesn't come from, uh, you know, <laughs> circumstances. This is where people make mistakes. They're waiting for a happy moment to get happy. They're, wait, they're waiting for a joyful situation to be joyful. That's not where your peace and joy comes from. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And you already have a comforter. You already have someone that is uh, strengthening you, that is giving you peace, that is bringing you joy, that's bringing you into truth. And so we have to take advantage of the power of the Holy Ghost. So uh, I told you I was gonna give you three things with one bonus, three things with one bonus. And uh, I wanna say this, the first one, which is the bonus. I'll give you the bonus first. What do you do when you feel like giving up? What things can you do when you feel like giving up? Are you ready for the first one, you're gonna laugh. Don't, don't give up. And that's actually scriptural. I'm not just being facetious. That's actually scriptural, don't give up. You might feel like it, but just because you feel like something doesn't mean you do that thing. We don't go by how we feel. We go by what the word of God says. We go by our faith in Christ, not by our feelings. And this is actually something that uh, the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. This is a scriptural basis for this. But Galatians chapter six, let me read it to you. The uh, ninth verse, the Bible says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. Don't get weary in well-doing. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, if, in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. That's what the Bible said. In due season. So get this, you've got a due season coming. Your faithfulness, your righteousness, your persistence and diligence. You've got a due season coming. Oh, that's, that'll encourage you right there. You start to declare that. I've got a due season coming my way. I've got a due season coming my way. The clouds are filling over my head and it's getting ready to rain on me. It's getting ready to rain on me. The blessings of the Lord are getting ready to rain on me. And so put that down. When you feel like giving up, don't. Galatians chapter six and verse nine. Don't grow weary of doing good for in due season you will reap if you do not give up. So that means people that give up are people that uh, they're people that will never reap their harvest because the devil wants them to give up before they can reap, before they can reap. And so first, the first thing is it's like, uh, I was studying survival for a while, like wilderness survival. And you know, people get lost all the time in the woods. The northern woods are so dense, up through Maine, New Hampshire, so dense. You have hikers go out there, get off the trail, and start going through the woods, and it's so dense, you lose your place, you lose your way, and people don't know where they are, and they start freaking out. They start panicking. Same is true, I'm sure, in the West, because it's so vast. And um, they'll find people delirious, you know, because they panic, and then they start running through the woods, and you know, they, they, they don't know what to do and they're panicked and they'll find people, you know, sitting on the ground crying, panicked, you know, delirious. And they're only like, you know, maybe 300, 400 yards from the trail. I mean, very, they're not long gone, you know, they're not like way lost. They're like 300 yards from the trail, but they all, they freak out, they panic and they start to run. They don't know where they're at. And one of the things that, uh, they tell you even with wilderness survival is if you feel like you're lost, or if you get lost, don't panic. I mean, that sounds funny, but that's the same thing I'm telling you. Don't quit. They say, don't panic. Don't panic. Reassess the situation. Look at your resources. Begin to do things that calm your mind. And they're just telling you, don't freak out. You're not gonna die. Don't freak out. Don't start running. Don't get delirious. Keep, keep a hold of yourself. And see, this is the thing, is that when people uh, feel like you know, walls are closing in on them and they begin to, they feel like the discouragement hits and they start to panic. And then, and here's one of the biggest mistakes anyone could ever make. Are you ready for this? Don't make any decisions when you're tired and discouraged, especially important decisions. Put that in your notes, put that in the comments. Don't make any decisions when you're overtired or discouraged. Don't do that. Make your decisions from a place of peace. Make your decisions from a place of joy, especially your important life-altering decisions. Don't don't make those decisions when you're overly tired or when you're you're discouraged because you inevitably make the wrong decisions because you start to make decisions based out of your feelings, your emotions. Instead of what the word of God says, what you know to be true. And so, and I, and I know that's, uh, maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you've not, but make it a rule in your life. Don't make decisions when I'm tired and discouraged. Don't do it. Don't do it. And you can literally, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. So don't, you don't feel like you have to be pressed. Well, I got to make a decision right now. No, you don't. No, you don't. Get yourself back into peace. Get yourself back into joy. And don't move forward in panic. Don't move forward in discouragement. Don't move forward uh, in despondency. Don't do that. It always ends bad. Always. Badly, I should say, for the grammar Nazis that are out there. So make sure you rein that in and say, you know what? I'm not one of those who panic. I'm not one of those who freak out and then go make some decision. I wish later I didn't ever do that. Don't do that just allow yourself to understand i'm not quitting i'm not giving up and there's a due season and i feel that word in my spirit for people that are watching right now there's there's several people watching me right now and there is a due season very close to you and I, and i don't you know me i don't normally say this stuff on the broadcast but i feel the holy ghost saying there are people watching me that right now there's getting ready to be a a, a rainfall a, a, a It's going to hit your hands, it's going to hit your house, it's going to hit your business. Uh, And you've been sowing and you've been standing and you've been believing and you've been performing with diligence and faithfulness. Get ready. Your due season is about to hit. We're declaring it's 28 days of glory. Now there's nothing, we're not, we didn't find some secret code in the Bible that says, oh, February, 2022 is this 28 days. We're just declaring it by faith. (laughs) I didn't get the Bible code and find a, a secret message in the Bible. I was in Leviticus 28, and then I said in 2022, and no, I'm not one of those nut jobs. But I am declaring by faith, you can have what you say. I'm declaring by faith that February is gonna be 28 days of glory in Jesus' name. We're declaring it, 28 days of glory by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so set your faith the same way. That this is going to be a month filled with the glory of God, filled with divine possession, filled with harvests, and it's going, to, it's going to be mind-blowing. Even for the believer, he'll go and exceed your expectations. This is your season right now. We're declaring it, 28 days of the glory of God, and we're going to press in like that in Jesus' name. So let me give you these three things. That was the, the bonus, but it has to be the foundation because none of, the, none of these other things make any sense if you feel like quitting and then just quit. <laughs> don't quit. Don't grow weary in doing good, the Bible says. But here's the practical steps. After you've made up your mind, I'm not quitting. I don't care what comes my way, I'm not giving up. There's no way. We don't, by the way, we as the victory tribe, we don't have that in us anyway. We don't have quit in us. We don't have give up in us. That's not an option. Not for us. Not for us. You know, even, let me just give you it from the scripture. Even when it looks the worst, I've used 2 Chronicles 20 often, where you can understand that God's people didn't even know how they were going to face these enemies. Three armies, not one, three, that have teamed up to fight them and to destroy them and wipe them from the face of the earth. How do you deal with that? Uh, we've just got 1 and they've got 3 and they're coming out against us. Well, they made up their minds. Quitting's not an option for us. And so what are we going to do? And very interestingly, they sent the tribe of Judah first. As I've taught on the broadcast many times, Judah, his mother named him that because it sounded like the word for praise, yada. And so Judah comes from that word sounding like yada, it's praise. And so the tribe of Judah, that's who we are. That's why I call you the victory tribe because we are those people that are the tribe of praise. And that means the tribe that brings God's presence in and activates it constantly, which means where the presence of the Lord or spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty, right? Wherever he is, is the fullness of joy. Psalm 16, 11. And so they sent Judah first. Remember this, if, you, if you're a part of this uh, family that we're talking about, you are the elite forces in the kingdom of God, ones that will not be defeated, will not quit, will not bow to the spirit of this world. And what did they do? The tribe of Judah did what they were created to do, which is what? Praise God. And he said, tomorrow you're gonna go out against them and we're gonna send you first. We're putting instruments in your hands. We're gonna have you praise God and go forward first. And they would carry the Ark of the Covenant and God would fight their battles for them. But it all was based upon their praise. It was based upon their praise. The, The first practical step that you need to take when you feel like giving up is to stop Get yourself alone or get yourself in a place at home or wherever you are and just begin to praise God. And I mean this. I'm not, I'm not just you know trying to sound religious. I mean, if you've got a blast, praise music in your home and just dance. I mean this. Make your flesh praise God. Lift your hands, shout, dance, praise. And then also when, I, when I'm talking about praise, About verbally praise God, praise Him for how great He is, praise Him for His excellence, praise Him for His mighty power, praise Him for His name. You know, I've written a lot of these things down. You know, I'll just start praising Him, I'll go through the names of God, right? And I'll just start praising Him for each one of His names. I praise you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Jireh. You're the God that always provides. I praise you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Rapha. You're the God that always heals. I praise you, Lord, that you're Jehovah Shalom, the God who brings me supernatural peace that passes all understanding. I thank you and praise you that you are Jehovah Sitkanu, the God of my righteousness, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ because of what Jesus did. I thank you that you are Jehovah Elohim. You are the most high God. I mean, you know, I go right through just, just his names, just praising him for his name, how big his name is. And then I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you gave unto Christ a name that is above every name, that at that name, every knee has to bow, every tongue has to confess. See, I can't even do it on the broadcast without feeling the anointing. Start to hit me. You can feel the anointing where you are because when you praise God, it's an activation of his anointing and you don't go by what your inner, your soulish man feels. I feel discouraged. Praise him anyway. Dance anyway. Do you know Smith Wigglesworth until he was in his eighties? In his eighties would get out of bed in the morning and would dance before the Lord for 10 straight minutes. And thank God for giving him another day to serve him and to live for him. He would just dance. And I'm sure he didn't have any rhythm or any moves. He was an English plumber from Bradford, England. <laughs> but he didn't care. He got out of that bed and started dancing. And he'd dance for 10 straight minutes and give God thanks and praise and start his day that way. He'd start his day that way. And so praise God. Praise God. You know, make it an active part. Don't just, you know, people don't understand praise. I've I've learned that now. I mean, I've learned that. Most people don't understand praise. You know, they, they quietly walk around. I praise you, Lord. I praise you. That's not praise. That's not praise. Uh, <laughs> if I were to go through the different words uh, that we have that are translated praise, you know, one of them is, uh, could be translated in English, um, fleshly actions of joy. So whether that's dancing, whether that's uh, clapping your hands, lifting your hands, shouting, singing, uh, fleshly demonstrations of joy. That's one of the words. For praise, if we translated it into English, full the full phrase, it's fleshly demonstrations of joy. Praising God, praising God. And so you start to realize that dancing, pr- shouting, jumping, running, whatever it is, you're giving God all the praise. But verbally, I'm praising him for his greatness. I love how Psalm 150 said it. We're praising him for his mighty acts of greatness, which I'll get to that in a minute. But I found out, People don't understand it. They think it's just some, you've got to give it every, you know, when I, will tell you when I feel it the most is when I, and I think there's something to this when it comes to crucifying the flesh, because what do you do? And they've proven this even with people that battle depression. What do people do when they feel discouraged? They stop, they slow down, they slow down. They don't want to do anything. People that are seriously battle, battling depression many times will shut themselves in, isolate themselves, and they will, you know, it's it's. A, is it, an, is it a, a surprise that you find people that are tired all the time when they're depressed? They just want to sleep. They just want to lay down. They're laying on the couch. I don't feel like going out. I feel all my strength is gone. I'm drained. I feel Yeah, because see, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And part of that attack that discourages you and that tries to bring you depression, it's to rob you of your strength. It's to rob you of your joy and strength. And so one of the things that I I recognized early on is that just like fasting, we just came through the fast, just like fasting uh, puts your physical body under subjection and says, Lord, I'm hungrier for your presence than I am for food, in the same way, when that discouragement tries to hit and the enemy's working against your mind, trying to make you feel like it's never going to get any better, and then you try, it tries to make you feel tired and worn out and I'm not going, then you just take authority over your body. Take authority over your carnal mind. Renew it, but make that body do what's pleasing unto the Lord. Make that body. I do it. I've done it. My wife does it. My kids, we make our kids do it. You don't always feel like dancing. Dance anyway. You don't always feel like shouting. Shout anyway. You don't always feel like opening up your mouth and singing and praising. Do it anyway. Because your body is not going to control the future of your life. Get that in your spirit and put it in the comments. My body is not going to control the future of my life. Not having it. You're not having it. You know, you're gonna let your fleshly nature, you're gonna let your carnal man control the future of your life. Well, I don't feel like dancing right now. I don't feel like shouting right now. That's your flesh. You're gonna allow your flesh to govern the future of your life, or you're gonna let your spirit man and the Word of God govern the future of your life. I don't care how my flesh feels. I don't care at all how it feels. My body is not going to control the future of my life. People say, well, I don't feel like going to church this morning. I'm a little tired from work all week. I don't care. Get up, get your clothes on and go to church because that's what the Bible says to do. You don't let your body and your carnal mind control your being. That's, that's, that's the way toward destruction, quick destruction. Because when you follow uh, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the carnal man, Paul was clear. It, cl- it leads quickly to destruction. My spirit man runs me. My uh, The word of God. See, my spirit's connected to God's spirit. So is yours. And you've got to let your spirit man lead your life, not your body, not your carnal mind. And you just make up your mind. My body's not going to control the future of my life. I know I don't feel like praising God. I know I don't feel like dancing. But let me tell you something. That's why we also have what the Bible calls a sacrifice of praise—it's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice because your body doesn't feel like doing it, but I'm going to do. I'm putting my body on the altar of God. You know, I've—I've—you've heard me—you've heard me, you've heard me uh, give this testimony before, but I've given all-out praise when I felt like I was going to pass out, throw up. You know, I had every every single um, symptom coming at my body that I could have possibly had, splitting migraine, nausea. You know, every uh, joint in my body was pain, painful, aching. I could, I got up and felt, felt like I could barely move. I can't even get out of bed. And I knew what I'd already taught. I know what it already said. I said, I'm not letting my body govern. This was a Sunday morning. I'm not letting my body govern the future of my life, man. I'm not doing that. And so I got myself out of bed. I put my suit on. I got to church, and they were the band was already practicing, and it was loud. My head was splitting, and you've heard me tell the testimony. I got up on the platform. I told the choir. I told the band. I was like, listen, I'm going to start this service. We're going to praise. I said, if you see me run out the side door, I will be back. I said, but you keep on praising. And when I got up there, and we began, first song, first song, and we started singing and praising and playing, and I'm telling you, as I'm doing that, One by one, every attack against my body left. And I mean, it had to flee from me. First, the issues with my eyes, my vision, I couldn't even see it, it was like white dots. That's all I could see, had to go. The migraine went out. The nausea went out. Issues in my stomach went out. All the aching, the pain in my joints through my whole body went out. We didn't even get a chance to finish the first song on Sunday morning, And all of it, I didn't feel like doing any of it when we started. But when we were done, all of it was out of my body. And I was completely healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. My body didn't feel like even getting out of bed. But my body's not going to control the future of my life. Now watch. What if I didn't? What if I didn't get out of bed? What if I called pastor? (laughs) Pastor? I'm not going to be able to come into church this morning. You know, I'm really not well. I don't feel good. I think I'm going to stay in bed. If I did that, guess what? I would have missed out on my healing. I would have missed out on my healing. And I'm not letting my body control the future of my life. I will go by what the word of God says. I will go by what the spirit says. And man, I'm telling you, as I quickly began to praise God, all of that had to run out of my body. Well, why? Why is that the case? Because it's impossible to praise God and not be in His presence. Let me say something about this because you know, you always have those, those people that want to argue, and like you, you always talk about when you praise God, it transports you into His presence. But, brother, God's omnipresent, He's everywhere. So, we're, we're in His presence whether we're praising Him or not. Well, I agree with you that He's everywhere, I agree with you that He's omnipresent. But are you telling me that every Christian is activating the presence of God where they are? I can tell you for a sure thing, they are not. They are not. There are many Christians who have not once activated the presence of God in the last year. You know, it's the same thing as like when you sit at dinner with somebody and you're you're supposed to be having dinner together and they're just on their phone the whole time and they're just doing stuff on their phone and you're trying to talk to them. They're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, right, right. And, and here they are. Are they there? Yes, they're there, but are they there? And the, the thing is, they're not. They're not. And so the, the issue is: uh, because I'm sitting there, not focused, not engaging, I don't get to benefit from your presence. Though you are there, I don't get to benefit from your presence. And that's what happens with people. God, yes, God is everywhere. Of course, God is everywhere, but people have to engage him in order to benefit from his presence. And praise engages him. It engages him. And when you praise him, you are activating his mighty presence. And when you do that, the Bible says, in his presence is fullness of joy. And not only that, Nehemiah tells us that it is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. So what do you think is going to happen when you start praising? It's a chain reaction. It's a chain reaction. You go from praising to activating to joy to strength. That's exactly what happens. And let me tell you, same thing can happen with the healing because when you get into his presence, healing is in his presence. So the same exact thing can happen is that you can uh, receive your healing simply by praising God. Discouragement won't be able to overtake you. You can praise God until discouragement runs out of your mind, runs out of your body and strength comes to you. Liz said, I know my neighbors think I'm crazy. I make the kids join in and we shout and sing in the living room and we don't even care. I'm with you, I'm with you. I I don't care what people think. Why would I? See, no matter how high God lifts you in life and how dignified you may think you get, you gotta be like King David, who when people thought he was over the top with his praise, he said, let me tell you something, I'm gonna get more undignified than this before it's over. He didn't care that he was the king, he didn't care that he was a prophet, and he didn't care that he was a priest. He said, I am going to get more undignified than this. You think that I'm too good to praise my God? They're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. Now, he could have easily said, I'm going to appoint other people to praise on my behalf. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. He said, no, 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 I'm the king. Let me lead you by example. And he took the kingly robes off. He put the linen ephod, the priestly garment on, and he began to dance before the Lord with all his might. He didn't care who he was. He said, God is the most high and I'm a servant of his and I'm gonna praise him like he's worthy of praise and brought the victory back to the city. Hallelujah. Brought the victory back. So what do we do? When we feel that discouragement come, you feel like giving up, stop what you're doing and just give God praise. And if you gotta take 30 minutes, if you gotta take an hour, take it. Better to, now listen to me and put this in the comments. Better to spend one hour in praise than to spend a year in discouragement. Put that in the comments. It's better to spend one hour a day in praise than it is to spend a year in discouragement. Hallelujah. It's better to spend one hour a day in praise than it is to spend a year in discouragement. Now this seems harsh when I say it, but I stand by it. I totally stand by it. I've heard Christians say, you know, well, I've been battling chronic depression for three years. What you're saying, according to the scripture, is that you have stayed out of God's presence for three years. I can't interpret that any other way than that, because either you're lying or the Bible's lying. And the Bible says in his presence is fullness, fullness, fullness of joy. How can you be in fullness of joy and in chronic depression at the same time? You can't. So if you're telling me that you've been three years in this situation, that means you spent three years out of God's presence. That's the only logical argument. You say, well, brother, you don't understand. It's a chemical imbalance in the brain. It's a, no, that might be how it manifests, but it is a spirit of heaviness, the Bible says, And God gives you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And you attack it. You attack it. And you've got to praise God with everything you've got. Better to spend an hour a day in praise than spend a year in depression. I'd rather take that time and do that. Amen. It's worth it. It's worth it to live. And and I turned over to Psalm 84 and listen to what the, the psalmist said. The psalmist wrote this. Psalm 84.10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand days elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Why? For the Lord God is a sun and shield and he bestows favor and honor and no good thing does he withhold. That includes joy. That includes peace from those that walk uprightly. A day in your courts, one day, is better than a 1,000 days anywhere else. One hour in his presence can change a lifetime of depression, anxiety, discouragement, fear, suicidal thoughts. I mean, go after it, man. The the first practical thing after deciding I'll not quit, I, number two, will praise God. And you got to go after that thing hard. Go after it hard and give him all the praise that you've got. Then, um, I'm gonna flip over to Psalm 150 where I told you I would go. The second practical thing you've gotta do, and uh, I like this one a lot because it really encourages you. It really encourages you. Psalm 150 says in uh, the second verse, Psalm 150, verse two, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Greatness. One one translation of this says, praise him for his mighty acts of greatness. His mighty acts. That means that we are praising him for what things he has done and what things he's going to do. One of the things you need to do, and this is right after you're praising God, sit down at some point and go, go back through your history and just start to make a list. Make a list of the things that God has done for you. List them out and then thank him one by one. Oh, Lord, yes, thank you. I was in that car crash, but you know they thought I should have been dead. I, I didn't die. I was totally preserved. You saved my life. In that car crash, I could have been dead. I could have been in the ground, but I'm here on the earth alive today to give you praise. Oh, thank you, Lord, that my, my, my son was healed of asthma. I thank you, Lord, that no, no more breathing problems. I th- you did that for me. Thank you, Lord, that when I was even unqualified on my resume to get that job, they picked me and promoted me over others who had more seniority in the company. And you just make a list and begin to thank God for the things that he's already done. Begin to thank him for what he's already accomplished in your life. Thank you, Lord, for the things you, and then you list them one by one. That's what he even did with the Old Testament children of God. He, he came because he was getting ready to bless them in a new way, but what did he say? He started to jog their memory. And he said, don't you remember when I opened the Red Sea? Don't you remember when I brought you through? Don't you remember when I uh, let the sea fall down on your enemies and drown Pharaoh and his armies. Don't you remember when I made water come out of a rock? Don't you remember? And then he says, but forget all that because I'm getting ready to do a new thing. But what was the first thing he did? Took them back through the list. Here's all the things I've done for you. Don't forget I've been with you. I've been walking with you. I've been taking care of you. I've been blessing you. Go back because we're, we're, many times we're quick to forget We get quick to forget, life moves quick and we're always looking forward and so sometimes we're quick to forget what God's done in the past. But let me encourage you, don't forget. Don't forget, just keep moving and keep thanking. List them out if you have to, make a list and say, Lord, you did this, 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 this and this and I'm gonna praise you and thank you for it. Thanksgiving unlocks the power of God. Thanksgiving does. I think about, The 10 lepers, that Jesus cleansed them of their leprosy and then said, go show yourself to the priest. Well, they went and as they were on their way to show themselves to the priest, one of them returned. To do what? To give thanks, to give thanks. And Jesus said, go your way for your faith has made you whole. And even scholars that I've read commentaries that may not even be Pentecostal agree that this man seems to have received an additional blessing from Christ that the other nine did not receive, but it was uh, provoked by his thanksgiving on top of his reception and his faith. His thanksgiving unlocked a whole different level of blessing in his life. Because Thanksgiving will do that. Thanksgiving will take you to a whole different place. And when we start thanking God, have you ever done something for someone before? Maybe you bought their dinner, bought them a gift or whatever, and they didn't even bother to say thank you. Man, does that ever make you not wanna do things for that person anymore. It's like, geez, he didn't even care. She didn't even care. You know, I bought their meal. They didn't even say thanks. They didn't even say thank you. And uh, (laughs) it was like, can't believe it. And, and that's, I mean, I imagine it's like, God's blessed you, he's healed you, he's delivered you, he's set you free, and we've not even taken time to say thank you. You know, I heard, um, I heard Bishop Oyedepo say that maybe the reason that God hasn't brought you into the next miracle or breakthrough yet is because you haven't thanked him for the last one yet. Maybe the reason he hasn't brought you into your next Breakthrough is because you've not thanked him for the last one. And that's why I said, man, make a list and begin to thank God. Begin to praise God for the things that he is doing and has done in your life. And as you thank him, hallelujah, get ready for new things to break loose. So you decided not to quit. You've praised God with everything. You make your body do what it doesn't feel like doing. You make your body dance, shout, sing, lift your hands, clap your hands, praise him with your mouth, and then you begin to thank God for the things he's already done. On top of that, in this same portion of Thanksgiving, I want to talk to you about this aspect, same category, Thanksgiving, but one of the avenues of Thanksgiving that we have that people don't even realize that is a form of thanksgiving is speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. Go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is a form of giving thanks unto God. And Paul says so. Paul says so. But I want you to see what else he says. See, this gift we have that that comes to the believer of speaking in tongues, which is a heavenly language. By the way, it's not the ability to speak foreign languages of the earth for the purpose of evangelism. It is a heavenly language that you're speaking unto God that no man understands. No man understands. Notice this. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I'll start with verse one. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. Now listen to verse two. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the spirit. So that's what I was just referencing. It's not a normal language. It's not Russian or Cantonese or Greek. It is a heavenly language that no one understands. It's a mystery in the spirit. Uh, Look at verse 4, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, edifies himself, encourages himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now go down with me to, um, now by the way, if you don't know the context of 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is addressing them as to how they should conduct themselves in a church service. And that's why he's saying, if you're gonna get up and give a word in tongues to the, to the crowd, then somebody better interpret it or no one's gonna know what was said. But he says here, again, verse 16 and 17, otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, see, he's talking about pray, praying in tongues. If you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he doesn't even know what you're saying? Verse 17, for you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person's not being built up. So, what's Paul saying here? Paul's saying that praying in tongues is a form of thanksgiving. Praying in tongues is a form of thanksgiving. And when we do it, notice the benefit that we see. According to the second verse and the fourth verse, he built one who speaks in tongues, builds up himself. One who speaks in tongues encourages, edifies himself. I don't know if you've, I mean, put a hand up in the comments if you've ever had this happen where you, you just, I mean, it should happen all the time, where you pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, and immediately you feel like a spiritual encouraging. You feel like a, you feel like a fortitude. You feel like a strength come on you. I, I mean, it doesn't even take me five, 10 seconds of praying in the spirit. And man, I feel like that strength come on me. I feel that edification hit me. I feel that encouragement come upon me, and I know it's the Lord. I know it's the Lord, and that's what he's saying. When you speak in tongues, you encourage yourself. You edify yourself. See, hands are going up. Hands are going up in the comments section because that's how it functions. That's how it works, that as you begin to pray in tongues, you're encouraging yourself. That's why I'm telling you, uh, the Lord spoke to me even last year, and he said, and I did a broadcast on it. You can go back and watch it where I said that the Lord spoke to me that the, the body of Christ needs to pray in tongues more than ever before. The body of Christ needs to pray in tongues more than ever before. And um, that's an interesting thing to me. Actually, when I think about it, I go back to uh, when I first heard that, I, I think, if we went back to search it, I think I did that broadcast in November of 2019 right before all this junk hit the world. And the Lord spoke to me and said, "Get on and tell them that they need to pray in tongues more than they ever have." I can tell you right now because I have it in my notes. Let me look. Let me see when that when I wrote this down. Oh man, Look, oh man, look! I was I was right on the money. So the actual message was called "More Tongues" in 2020. Uh, I think I think if you look at the podcast, it was it was titled something like "Why We Need to Speak in Tongues More Than Ever in 2020" or something like that. I wrote those notes in December, December 16th of 2019. The Lord was showing me something. The Lord was revealing something that we're going to need to pray in tongues. Why? There's going to need to be a greater encouragement for the body of Christ when 2020 hits. Now that was a word from the Lord. We had no idea what was going to happen. We had no idea what was going to happen. No, you don't learn tongues, Jody. It is given to you as a gift and you begin to hear those things in your spirit. and You speak them out by faith, but nobody can there's no class. You can sit down and say, now say Shondo, now say Robo, now say Sheetie, now say Didi. It doesn't work like that. You don't teach people to speak in tongues. That's nowhere in the scripture. It's, it's a gift of the spirit that comes through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, so no, you don't teach it. But that broadcast was there. And I know the Lord was giving us insight as to what we needed to have for 2020 before it hit. We needed to be fully encouraged through the whole year. We didn't know what was gonna come. We didn't know what was gonna hit. We didn't know what was gonna hit, but the Lord knew. And the Lord knew what his children needed to do. Hallelujah. So praying in tongues is a form of thanksgiving that will build you up, that will edify you. Man, I'm telling you, I encourage people Turn the morning show off on the way to work, turn the music off, the secular music, the radio, even this, uh, what's, the, what's the one that the, the Christian, the Christian station that I can't stand? Uh, what's the famous Christian station that, that I, I just, I can't stand it. It's like, uh, I can't remember even the, cause I don't listen to it, the call number, but it's like every doubt and unbelief song under the heavens is on there. And uh, turn that off. You know, K-Love, yeah, that's it, thank you. Thanks, Ann, or Leslie. <laughs> K-Love, I don't listen to K-Love. I, I, if I'm gonna listen to something, it's gonna be something that I choose. That's why even, you know, my wife and I, because so many people ask us, we put together a playlist for you guys. It's like, what, what kind of faith-building stuff can we listen to? What's got the anointing on it? And, um, but even turn that, you know, you know how much, you know, the average American, I put this in one of my books, spends a full work week, in their car, it might even be longer than that. I have to go back and check that stat. Uh, They spend a full work week or longer in their vehicle going to and from, yeah, it's a a 40-hour work week, I believe, going to and from their job every single year. Now imagine if you spent that time praying in tongues. Imagine if you spent that time listening to preaching and teaching. Imagine if you spent that time listening to the word of God, and make the most of your time. Pray in the Holy Ghost. All of the most powerful men I've ever been around in my life that, that have shaken their generation, they pray in the spirit all the time. Pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. They say if you rode in the car with Brother Hagin, he'd be praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Brother Summerall, Brother Oral Roberts, all these men, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost. Brother Allen used to pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. They said he'd be the first one up in the morning in those tent revivals, and he'd be doing chin-ups on the side of the tent, praying in the Holy Ghost, just praying in the Holy Ghost. Dr. Cho, praying in the Holy Ghost. They understood that it is something that is uh, uh, necessary, and it is, it's, a, it's an element that brings you into victory, keeps you in peace, keeps you in joy, keeps you in encouragement, and it builds your spirit to the place uh, where you need to be. And so uh, it's very, very important, very, very important uh, that we give thanks and pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, the number four thing that I'll give you today, this is the fourth practical thing that will help you immensely. When you feel discouraged, when you feel like giving up, one of the very best things you can do is to begin to bless someone else, help someone else. Go and encourage someone else. Get active in your call. Get active in your purpose. And when you're too inwardly focused all the time, you miss out on your purpose. That's part of the reason that the devil wants to turn everything inward on the Christian. Everything inward. You know, oh, when am I gonna get my blessing? When am I gonna get my healing? Why don't you go and facilitate it for somebody else? Go and be a blessing to someone. Go and say, Find, you know, Call your pastor. Hey, pastor, do we have anybody in the church that's in need? Has anybody uh, you know called into the office or written in or you know of somebody that's having a hard time and believing for a miracle, can't pay their bills? Is there somebody that's struggling to keep the lights on? Is there need groceries? You know, whatever it might be. And go bless somebody else. Go be a blessing to somebody else. Even if you've got to go to the grocery store and stand in line. And you might see a, a single mother coming through or you might see somebody and you just stand there and say, hey, by the way, your groceries are on me today. I just wanted to be a blessing to my generation. They will be so blown away that they won't even know, they won't even know what to do. I do it sometimes as a joke, you know, and uh, I'll do it as a joke. I, I remember I did it recently. We were at a, a revival. I can't remember what state we were in, but uh, we, were, we always go as soon as we get to, a, to the place where we're going uh, me and the team, Carolyn, kids and whoever's with us, we go to a grocery store to buy our groceries for the week. And, uh, I, I, remember we had all this stuff up on the belt and this guy was behind me and he had his things up and he laid that, you know, he laid that uh, little bar down that you put that separates whose groceries are whose. <laughs> and I remember she's ringing all my stuff up and I took that bar up and I put it away. And he's like, no, 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 man, these are, these are my groceries. I was like, I, I got it. And he, and he looked at me like I was insane. He's like, yep. I said, just add them onto mine. I said, I don't care how much it costs. Just, add, <laughs> and he didn't that much stuff. But he was like, to look at you, you'd think you'd lost your mind. You know, you'd think you'd lost your mind. Like, what? Why? Uh, and I just said, hey, man, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. He cares about you. You know, everything. He's like, man, God bless you. Thank you so much. And this changed, you know, people, you know, it's like 30 bucks worth of groceries. It's like, dude. <laughs> And he, but, but to people, they're like, I can't believe this. You know, I, ca- I can't believe that you would do that. I can't believe. Have you ever seen any of these viral videos where people just go to the grocery store, maybe for their church or whatever, and they'll buy tons of gift cards uh, at the grocery store and they just stand up at the front, front and wait. And when the person goes to put their payment method in to pay for their groceries, the person steps in and puts the, the gift card in and, uh, and, and buys the groceries. And the person's like, what are you doing? It's like, hey, just wanted to let you know Jesus loves you. Wanted to bless you today. People weep. People weep. And one of the ways that you will beat off that, that feeling that, you know, it's like um, when Abraham was, was offering his sacrifices unto God, he had to beat every vulture off of his sacrifice. Had to, why? There are things that will come to rob and to steal, and you have to protect what God has given you. And he had to beat the buzzards off. He had to beat the the uh, the vultures off of his sacrifice. In the same way, you have to protect your peace, protect protect your joy. Go out and do something. Bless somebody else. Engage your purpose. Take active steps to say, you know what? I'm not. I am not going to allow myself to get so inwardly focused that I forget that I've got a calling on my life. I've got a purpose on my life to be a blessing. Can I tell you? When you start blessing other people and when you start blessing the house of God, it does something for you. You know, I can't even explain it. But when you, I I can tell you what Jesus said. They, They recounted his words in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35 where they said, remember the words of our Lord for it is more blessed to give than to receive. The Amplified actually says, the one who gives is happier and more to be envied than the one who receives. Let me say that again. The one who gives is happier and more to be envied than the one who receives. Woo! Let me say it one more time. The one who gives is happier and more to be envied than the one who receives. You see that? And so, Something takes place. A joy hits you when you begin to give. Joy hits you when you begin to give. Let me um, break something down for you real quick. This is really encouraging to see this because especially when you're a leader, people follow your lead and you don't even realize that what you're doing for the Lord will stir other people up. Listen to this. so powerful. I want you to go with me to 1 Chronicles 29. We're going to pray in just a moment. 1 Chronicles 29. And I want to read this to you, and I want to read it to you in a couple of different translations real quick. Listen to this. Um, they're starting to give their offerings for the temple. David and his and his elders, really. But check this out. The Bible says, and this 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 kind of uh, giving will blow your mind. 1 uh, Chronicles, chapter twenty nine. I'll start with verse two. David said, "So I have provided for the house of my God so far as I was able." the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, the bronze for the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, besides great quantities of onyx and stones for setting, antimony, colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and marble. Moreover, in addition to all that, I've provided for the holy house. I have a treasure chest of my own gold and silver. Because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. 3,000 talents. So that was... 70, a talent was 75 pounds of gold. So 75,000 times three. Think about that. So 70,000 times three would be what? 210,000 plus another 15, so that, or, or plus another, uh, yeah, 15. So that's what? 225,000 pounds of gold? Two hundred and 25,000 pounds of gold. That's just the gold. And he said he's given the 7,000 talents of silver. And then his, his officers and his leaders saw him giving like that. They started giving. And if you've ever listened to me talk about it, the uh, total modern day value of this offering that I'm reading you is $20 billion. 20 billion, 20 billion dollars 20000000000 20000000000 dollars look at this and the Bible says in verse uh, nine I want you to get this in your spirit verse nine then after all of that giving you'd think people would be like I can't believe I gave that much can I get can I actually get some change out of the offering plate and by the way that's not a joke I've seen people take change out of the offering plate how can someone be that cheap anyway the Bible says then the, Then the people rejoiced because they'd given willingly for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord and David the king also rejoiced greatly. Let me read the New Living Translation. The people rejoiced over the offerings for they'd given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. Look at this. And King David was filled with joy. Was filled with what? Filled with joy. My giving, my blessing others makes me full of joy, brings me fullness of joy. Why? It's what Jesus said. The one who gives is happier and more to be envied than the one who receives. One of the things that when you start feeling discouraged, begin to help others, begin to bless others. Begin to lift others up. And I'm telling you that the the more you bless others, the more you help others, the more, not only do you forget the things that are coming against you, it lifts you to another place to see, man, God is using me to be a blessing to my generation. God is using me. God is using me to be a blessing to those that are in need. And I'm telling you, you talk about encouragement. It'll take you to another place. It will take you to another place. I want to, sh- I want to show you how the prophet, the prophet Elijah, he, he he've obeyed the voice of the Lord and this woman saw. She had an opportunity. She saw it, she did it. Listen to what her plan was. He comes to this widow in Zarephath and when he gets there, he says to her as she's gathering sticks, hey, bring me a little water in a vessel so I can have a drink. And as, as she was going to bring it, he called her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have anything baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug, and I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son so that we can eat it and die. (laughs) What a great plan. We're going to eat our last meal and we're going to die. Most uh, uh, scholars historically say that because there was such a severe famine in the land, people, when they say eat it and die, they don't mean starve to death. Because people would not allow their children to go into starvation mode and take a long time to die. So, knowing that there was no way out of the famine, what she probably meant was I'm going to eat it and then I'm going to take my son's life and then I'm going to take my life because life is over. There's no way for us to survive and we're not going to wait it out and die in a long drawn out starvation mode. So, this was her plan to literally eat it and die. What a great plan. And the prophet said, no, when you're making that last meal, bring me some first. Oh, hallelujah. He said, bring me some first. She was discouraged. She was in depression. She was in fear. She's ready to end her life. And the prophet said, no, let me give you a principle. Bring me some first. And she obeyed. And the Bible said that uh, she brought him some. He said, then make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord your God, the God of Israel, your jar of flour will not be spent and the jug of oil will never be empty until the day the Lord sends rain upon this earth. She did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. And the jar, jar of oil was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke to Elisha, can I show you something that maybe you've never seen before? God didn't just provide for the woman and he didn't just provide for her son. But look at this. He also used this miracle to provide for the man of God, for his man. Notice that verse. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household eight for many days. That means she and Elijah and the if she had other children or sisters, whatever it was, eight for many days. Eight for many days. All she had to do is do what the Lord said first. When you put God first, he puts you first. When you put God first, whew, hallelujah. I want you to put this in the comments right now. When I put God first, he puts me first. Glory to God. When I put God first, he puts me first. And that's the key. When you feel discouraged, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like throwing in the towel, then begin to bless other people. Begin to sow into someone else. Begin to help someone else. Pay someone's bill. Buy someone's groceries. Sow a seed to the kingdom of God. Watch as God uses you. And then God shows you. You're not giving up. You're not coming to the end of your life. This is not you're the end of your story. I'm getting ready to exalt you beyond anywhere you've ever been by the power of my spirit. And I'll lift you up. And I'm telling you, that's what takes place. And so you have to make up in your mind, let me get this before we pray, because this spirit of discouragement is going to loose and let go in the mighty name of Jesus. People taking pills, people taking, you know, overdosing people get, you know, they can't take it anymore. Back on alcohol, back on you know, cigarettes, having to smoke weed is to get some peace in their mind. It's coming to an end in Jesus' name. It's coming to an end in Jesus' mighty name. But you make up in your mind, number one, I will not quit. Number two, I'm going to actively and demonstratively praise God. I'm not going to sit in a chair, oh, Father, I praise you. Father, I praise you. I'm going to praise God demonstratively. That means with demonstrations. I'm going to dance in his presence. I'm going to shout in his presence. I'm going to sing in his presence. I'll lift my hands. I'll clap my hands. I'll speak of his greatness. I'll speak of his goodness. Speak of his mercies. I'll give him all the praise. I'll give him all the praise. All of the praise. And then I'm going to thank him. I'm going to make a list and begin to thank God for the things he's already done for me. I'll I'll begin to thank him for his for who he is and who he's been to me. And I'm gonna pray in the spirit because it's a form of thanksgiving. And it'll encourage me, it'll edify me. And then also, I'm gonna step out and begin to bless other people. I'm gonna step out and help somebody else. I'm activating my purpose. I'm gonna go win souls. When I win souls, let me tell you, when you start winning souls, if you've never led somebody to the Lord, you know, at work, on the street, at your job, whatever it might be, like at your family reunion, if you're in school, whatever, if you've never won souls like that, when you start doing it this year, watch the joy that hits you. Bible says when Philip went to Samaria Acts chapter 8 and began to preach Christ unto them and they received Christ and there was great joy in the city. Great joy in the city. Watch what happens when you engage your purpose. Joy, not discouragement, joy is going to hit you like it never has in Jesus name. Let's pray. I feel the anointing to pray right now. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We are thankful for the joy of the Lord. We are thankful that that joy is strength to our bodies and to our minds. We thank you that our peace comes from you. And so right now, I take authority over every spirit of discouragement, every spirit of heaviness, every spirit of fear, all of those things that Make up anxiety and suicidal thoughts. And I command it to loose its grip today in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak peace and joy to God's people. Receive it right where you're watching or listening. Receive that today by the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' mighty name. I command you to be free. I command you to be free to the point where you'll not have to take medication. You'll not have to go back to those same things over and over. No, that you'll be free indeed with no need for help from some supplemental thing that is not from the presence of God. God will set you free indeed, in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you, Lord, for it. We thank you. New strength is coming on God's people. New peace is coming on God's people. And a new urgency to do your will. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe that prayer and you receive it where you're at, throw some hands up, throw some fire up, And declare, today is my day of a turnaround in Jesus' mighty name. It's my day of a turnaround in Jesus' mighty name. Before we go, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed this morning. And uh, I'm telling you that just your giving, the Bible teaches it, just your giving brings joy supernaturally into your spirit. And I'm telling you, what are we declaring? 28 days of glory in this month of February. On this first day of the month, take a step of faith and sow a seed that takes faith to sow. And uh, we've got some new gifts that I wanna put into your hands for February. First, for those that are sowing $85 or more this month, this is a powerful book by Dr. Mike Murdoch, 31 Reasons People Do Not Receive Their Financial Harvest. This will help you immensely. 31 reasons people do not receive their financial harvest. This was an eye-opener for me when I first read this book because you know people say, well, man, I've tithed, I've given out. I don't understand why my financial blessing's not coming. This book is excellent. It will explain to you what's going on and what could possibly be the issue of why you're not seeing your financial harvest. And then for those that are sowing $250 or more, We're including one of my favorites from Dr. Lester Summerall, Miracles Don't Just Happen. This is one of the most powerful collection of stories and miracles uh, that he put together in book form. It'll stir your faith to another level. And then, of course, for those selling $1,000 or more that we are sending you, as well as those two, this net study Bible with the 60,000 translator's notes. This is one of my favorite study tools. I use it all the time. Tons of information. And so if you need uh, to, um, you've not yet done it, you want to, after you've sown your seed, receive any of those, depending on how you've sown. Go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. And um, that's where you can sow, miracleword.com. All the digital forms are there as well. PayPal, Cash App, Zelle, Venmo. Uh, If you're on Facebook, Twitter, you can use hashtag donate. But do what the Lord tells you and do something that takes faith. And if you've never considered partnering with Carolyn and with me as we're touching the world with the gospel of Christ, I encourage you, pray about it and start today. Watch how God will bless your life. He'll take you higher for standing with the gospel as it's being preached. I love you. Now listen, we're in revival in Roswell, Georgia. We're back live again tonight at 7 p.m. It's going to be powerful. I cannot wait to see what God's going to do. Tune in on all platforms. You can watch. And I'll be back with you again tomorrow in the morning as well, 10.30 a.m. I love you guys so very much. Have a powerful day, and I'll talk to you very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.